Thanks for downloading this podcast from Brum Radio. For more programs, search our podcast page at brumradio.com. In the heart of Birmingham, one team to bring you your week in geek. It's the Geeky Brummy Show every Saturday, 12 till 1 on Brum Radio. Good evening and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. That's proper Vincent Price. Let's just be normal. Hello and welcome to the Geeky Brummy Podcast. Boring. Podcast? Yes. Podcast. Hello, Pod- George. Podcast. <laughs> it sounded like podcast. Hi. <laughs> hi, George. Hi. Hello, Phil. Hi. Hello, Dave. Hello. Hi, Keith. Hey. Guy. Right. So, what have we all been up to this week? Silence. Silence. Not <laughs> <laughs> a lot. Work, work, and some more work. We yes. don't want to admit it in case of, like, you know, legal action. Or yeah. say that. Nobody yes. listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. Everybody listens to us. Guy, what have you been up to? Uh, I don't actually know. I don't remember what happened this week. Did you ever fight with anyone in a shop? Rage blur. Um, Blur of fury. When Guy goes into his little rage blurs, I do worry that perhaps he's going to come to and he's committed a murder and he just doesn't know about (laughs) it. He'll just come round and the leopard skin coat will be covered in blood. Like, (laughs) what happened? Where have I been? And the thing is, there's no way of narrowing it down because he's angry at everyone all Mm -hmm. the time. As long as it's not one of us. I probably have been angry, but I can't necessarily think of a time when I really sort of lost my temper this week. I'll, I'll get back to you. I'm sure there probably was. <laughs> just, just going back into the I'll scroll time. through my messages to my girlfriend and see what I was particularly angry at this week, because I'm sure I've ranted to her about something. If you haven't, well, then we are concerned, because <laughs> that's not you. I find I get way more angry about slow-walking people now, though. I think this is Guy's fault. It's always been Guy's fault. Irrational yes. rage in shops. No, it's their fault for walking slow. People who get, get off the bus and just stop immediately outside the doors. Oh. Get, a the move get a move yes. on. Get a move on. Or in the front door of a shop. Ugh. Yeah, no. I mean, it doesn't help that I have to walk through the city centre to get to the studio yes. uh, to record this. So <laughs> I'm not in. I'm, <laughs> right, I'm not my best self yeah. when I'm when I when I arrive. Did you, did you get your your passive um, passive lungful of weed when you walk across Pigeon Park? I, I bypass it um, on Saturday you. mornings just because I don't want to come in. And I mean, this is a very, obviously you can't see it because we're just on radio, but it's a very small, very warm room. So if I came in, I would basically be hotboxing all of you. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, it, it might end up, we might get some really good content out of it. So maybe we we'll might. try that next week. Hmm. Just tell you what made me angry this week. Go on. Building IKEA furniture. Oh, oh there yeah. There's nothing more yeah. torturous in the world than sitting there with a the manual with no words. I dispute and the that. Out people. Yeah, Dave likes it. So next time you've yes, got IKEA furniture, it's grown up Dave Lego. will come round and build it for you. No, it's not. I've never seen anyone so happy as when Dave was building our new wardrobes. Yeah. I love Dave. I like, I like putting together a bit of uh, IKEA. I'm with you, Ryan. I hate it. It's, it's the whole. I've, I've actually grazed my leg moving around one of the boards. It's injury yeah. that comes along with it. Well, I'm looking forward to kind of a hundred years from now, where like the next kind of uh, bargain hunters are going. Oh, look at this wonderful IKEA piece! <laughs> <laughs> look at this Malm three chests of drawers, hundred and fifty pounds. I think in a hundred years, the only way we're going to have affordable housing is if we have it flat packed from IKEA. Yes, and we, yeah. we build our own with one homes. Allen key. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and all the screws laid out in a big box. Yeah, and when you finish it, you realise the roof's on upside down. <laughs> <laughs> 
I feel really badly like things that happened to me once when my flatmate moved out a few hours before me and took all the bloody Allen keys with her so I couldn't take apart any of my furniture to move it out. Ooh. That is like a friendship ending. Act. She didn't mean to, to be fair. She did think she'd left it behind, but it was a bit distressing when I tried to take the sides off the sofa and found that I didn't have an Allen key. Is this the next stage of human evolution where they say that we're going to have a giant thumb for texting on mobile phones and our middle finger is going to develop Just a point that key. looks like an Allen key? Or a tri-wing <laughs> screwdriver. <laughs> <laughs> Evil little things that no Nobody ever has unless they have a specialist toolkit, but everything seems to be made out of them now. The toolbox in my flat is essentially a hammer and a screwdriver that I stole from my parents when I moved out, and I've never used them. Is it a toolbox or is it a carrier bag with toolbox written on it? It's it's a Tesco bag. (laughs) My toolbox is pink. Some loose screws and a hammer. It is like the first toolbox of every person. It's a carrier bag full of stuff that they've stolen from their parents over the years. Well, George's one is a pink. It is. I was given it as a gift just before I went to university. Quite why they felt I needed tools at uni, I don't know. Um, But yeah, a a person who apparently didn't know me very well felt that that would be a useful thing for me. Yes, and then I've added... It's uh, got tiny pink tools in it. It's lovely. Yes, and then... That's not sexist at all, is it? Not at all. Gendered (laughs) DIY. And it looks like a little briefcase-shaped thing. But it's yeah. bright pink. And I've, I've had At least it didn't come with a handbag strap. No, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't mind, but all the tools in it are crap. Last time I tried to build anything with it, I attempted to build a desk and had to get some friends to come around and finish it for me because the screwdriver is too soft to actually put any screws in the table. Why haven't we discovered at Poundland as well? It's the Tommy Walsh tools. Why haven't they got branded, like, Civil War toys or Captain America <laughs> tools? Cap- you know? Captain America hammer. A yeah. useless uh, Captain a Thor hammer. Obviously. A Thor hammer, yeah. Captain America, uh, I don't know, something. Yeah. Captain tape. America. Yeah. yeah. But why, why aren't they branding tools to yes. like? You know, they'd sell a bucket load. I wonder if there's ever a guy actually called Alan Key. So he probably must have hated it his entire okay. life. I am going to go on Facebook right now. And, uh, <laughs> See if there is a man yeah. called Alan Key, because that must be the worst name in the world to go anywhere in near building materials with. I don't know. There used to be a TV show about Dick Spanner. That's Was pretty that? bad. Yeah. There was a Jerry Anderson animated show that used to go out on Network yeah, right. 7. I remember Tim the Tallman Taylor. That's about There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven Allen Keys just on the top of my search. That's a full set there. One of whom is a politician. Oh, no, it's Alan Keys. Sorry, uh, Alan Keys. Um, he's the key reading. Went, I'm, 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 I'm better than just one Alan Key. I'm Alan Keys. He's the multi tool. Oh, and there's a Key <laughs> Allen. Key Allen. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, yeah. I hope Alan Key's kind of campaign slogan is something about fixing things or building yes. a better community or something. Unless, yeah. unless, unless Alan Key's mates are all named after tools. So there's yes. Alan Key, <laughs> yeah. whose mutual friend is Dick Spanner. Maybe, maybe they go to the toolbox, which is like their pub. <laughs> anyway, moving on, I think. You're listening to Geeky Brummy on Brum Radio. Big film release this week, if you're possibly paying any attention to the charts. T2 train spotting after 21 years. That title is so grating. It's, it's yes. sound, it makes it sound like it's part of the Terminator franchise or something. <laughs> it's a stupid title. Well, I mean, I, 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 yes. I know that obviously it's based on the sequel to Transporting, which I believe well, they couldn't really use that film. Really call it. <laughs> yeah. But no, but you couldn't. Which obviously the title of that book was Porno. So obviously, yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah that's, I'd, l- I'd love to go to the cinema and go, "Hi, can I get one to give a porno, please?" <laughs> but why not just call it Transporting Two? Why T Two? That's just yes. like, oh come on, Danny Boyle. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, we're going to face off, aren't we, guy? I don't want to look at your face. Oh. So I'll be playing the ben. Patriots and supporting the movie. Where Guy will be playing the Falcons. And you had to look at that, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Who are these people? 
So do you want to go first? No, you go first. You you. Right. You make the first move. Okay. I'll uh, counteract you. As somebody who was born in the eighties and had my formative years in the nineties. I really enjoyed this. It was a great bit of nostalgia for me. At that time in the world, it was the rise of Bitprop, the rise of Royal Britannia and the rise of British culture across the world. It was a film that went stratospheric around the world. It was absolutely brilliant. It launched the career of Ian McGregor. It launched the career of Johnny Lee Miller into the status of international stars. And it was great to see the nostalgia. I mean, the frank realism of four... Heroin addicts still alive after <laughs> 21 years was pushing it a little bit. But I really liked it. Great soundtrack. Great to see the characters. I mean, I would have liked a little bit of character development over 20 years, but it was it was like it was part two of the same film. I really enjoyed it. Okay, so yeah, I agree with you. It launched the careers of Ian McGregor, Johnny Lee Miller, Robert Carlyle. Not Ian Bremmer appeared as a photograph. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it, it is a product of Cool Britannia, what was coming out of the scene, like Britpop, and, you know, it's the it's the arse end of Britpop, and it represents that period really well when, like, Britain was on the map and, like, the US were craving something from the UK. But this is just, um, it's a sad state of affairs. I was really looking forward to it, and I left just feeling deflated. It's, it literally is a greatest hits package of... Train spotting, like Danny Boards has gone. Oh, do you remember what was good about train spotting? Oh, the toilet. So let's see the toilet again. Or let sport a little bit of sports. But let's go and see this again, or let's go and look at that location again. Or is it like a, seriously just like a checklist of the, yeah. the most iconic moments? Pretty much like remixed or Yeah, pretty much like you McGregor leaning against the car. Do you know what would be good? Let's do it again. It's like no. There's nothing there's like that first film, there's so many iconic images and moments that there's nothing in this film which I can think of as an iconic iconic image now. Nothing is standing out, apart from the fact he reused the iconic imagery. So I'm not... I mean, that kind of followed the film's plot, though. It was Ewan McGregor's return to Edinburgh. It was return to Leith. It was return to those characters and that time in his life. And he was trying to relive it through redoing some of the moments again. And it was that kind of feel towards it. Yeah, but that just I mean, feels cheap. You, but you have the iconic choose life speech, which became the motto for a generation of people. It was all about going out, having fun, going out with your mates, enjoying life. And that's where a lot of big effects had that on that generation. Is it, would you say it's like a midlife crisis of a film? Because obviously these men are all in their 40s now. Yeah. So to be kind of trying to maybe reclaim or recapture some of that youthful exuberance. And, and I suppose so is a large part of the audience if a lot of the, the original um, audience for Transporting wasn't 20-something yes. at the time and yeah. now is... And I think that's yeah. what the film was trying to portray is it was trying to... How in your 40s are you trying to recapture your youth from your 20s and it was can you still get away with doing the things you were doing at that age in life? All right, I'll give you, I'll give you this. So basically, we all know how transporting starts. Iggy Pop kicks in, Lust for Life. They're running down the street. It's iconic. You know, it's one of the images. When you think of 90s Britain, you think of Ewan McGregor running down the street to Lust for Life. You know, that you'd see that in montages. Trainspotting 2, sorry, T2 Trainspotting, doesn't have that iconic kick that the first one does. It doesn't kick in. It's really slow. And, like, there is a, an alternative thing Danny Boyle could have done that kind of almost would have put you in the action of the film. Because you've got to remember the first train spotting. That's a flash forward to something we see later in the film. So there is a moment he could have used at the beginning of train spotting too, which would have worked as a flash forward to something in the film. It would have thrown you straight into the action and been excited for it. But instead it's a slow burn of a start. There's no Iggy Pop style kick in. 
The soundtrack is appalling. It's a selection of who's who of modern indie. Let's oh. face it, modern indie isn't that great anymore. And a selection of really obscure songs. Like in the first film, you know, you had Lou Reed, Iggy Pop, you know, various things, which kind of worked. But this, it's like Blondie. Well, and I, I mean, the... I won't have a word said against Blondie. Yeah, yeah, but no it's, it's, like, it's like not a big blondie here. I think it's Union City Blue, and like oh, okay, no one really yeah, wants to see yeah. that used in an iconic moment. It's but the way that Iggy Pop is used in that film, I think it really works quite well. I mean, you have that bit where he tries to play it a little bit earlier on, and it's just it brings back so much but, emotion. But you know, this, this, I found myself interested the whole way through the film. Don't get me wrong, I was interested and wanted to know how it panned out because it picks up from what happened at the end of the first film, but. It just becomes like a Hollywood revenge thriller. It looks glossy, and the and the end just looks like it could be any top Hollywood thriller. But it was never going to have iconic moments of the first film. The first film was a phenomenon at its time. It was and never going to recapture that. Danny Boyle's become a very different kind of filmmaker yes. as well. He's he's kind of become more of a, a polished blockbuster I mean, director, hasn't there, he? There are little bits of genius in it, and you can tell this had like 50, 60 times the budget of the original film. The other original film was made on a shoestring with Film 4 support, mm. and it was but filmed in charm. six weeks. But that's its charm. This doesn't have any of that charm. I agree. Sometimes too much budget is a bad thing for a yeah. film. It's when you can see... It I mean, too I, shiny and too clean, yeah. and instead of yeah, what, what the charm of the first time is putting is that gritty realness. Is it far enough away from the original for the nostalgia stuff to work as well? Because, I mean, the ni- me, 90s, 90s feels like a long way away now. Yeah. But is it far enough? Because we've had that kind of 80s nostalgia very recently. Are we hitting the point now where the next nostalgia thing is for kind of like early 90s, mid 90s stuff? I mean, for me, it was because it, it was about 14, 15 when I watched this film the first time. And it was like one of the big films of the time. Everybody at school either watched it or wanted to watch it and it was enough for me to have that experience i mean i think you're possibly a little bit too young for the first release for that i'm only a couple of years younger than you and i know but it's kind of like that no i I remember watching it and i watched it in film studies and it is iconic but this is just i mean i was really excited for it don't get me wrong but it's just not good. That's for me, it ticks the boxes. It was there for nostalgia. It was there to reintroduce the characters. It was there to have that sequel. And I enjoyed it for that. I wasn't expecting anything mind-blowing or amazing. And I think that's probably the problem. You were expecting another train spotting rather than just a sequel. But, I mean, effectively, I'm not to spoil the film for anybody, but it effectively is a two-hour film which clears up a loose end. That is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, mean I, I haven't read porno, but Phil, I imagine that would have made a better film. Is that more about them trying to make adult films? And um, I mean, I, I just I think that. For, I mean, I, I think it's well the same with train in, in the novel Train Spotting. There's so much in the Irvin Welsh books that just I think wouldn't have made it into the film. So I haven't seen um, Train Spotting two yet, so I can't comment. But I would just imagine that they've streamlined the plot a lot more and made it a sequel to Trainspotting the film rather than a sequel to Trainspotting the novel. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I would say is actually, if you're looking for a similar kind of film where it's, you know, perhaps almost as outrageous and original feeling as Trainspotting, I would recommend Filth, which is based on another one of Welsh's novels with James McAvoy, um, and it is that sort of same kind of like shock fest assault on the senses set in like the underbelly of Edinburgh, and it's just wildly entertaining. Yeah, I mean, I get, I've seen that, I think you're on right with that. I mean, the thing with the first film, it had some genuinely shocking moments. I mean, everybody remembers the toilet scene and the baby. <laughs> the baby. 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 Oh, oh my like, God. Oh, yes, yeah. but this film didn't have those same beats in it, but it didn't need to have it. I mean, cinema's moved on quite a lot since then. We've gone 
to the other end of the zenith with the shock spectrum with stuff like human centipede and stuff like mm. that coming out and hostile and people aren't shocked by stuff like that was in train spotting anymore because it's not there do you think that i think a train spot and i instantly think it's a film about drug takers this had nothing to do with drug taking in it though it, i'm not it was that's all a spoiler. about the characters there is nothing to really to do with drugs in this film that and that is iconically what we think of when we think of train spotting is oh it's about junkies yeah because it is but I mean, this is there are there are moments of heavy drug use in there. I mean, I just... My whole point... But, uh, but like Ryan said, like if there were still junkies 20 years on, they would probably be dead, so there would be no film to be made. Mm. My feeling is, why did it need to be made? And I'm also concerned now, because this has led to a, a sequel to Human Traffic, which obviously came off the back of train spot in the first place Ooh. so they found it now necessary is there going to be now a 48 hour party people as well yeah I just it just seems like pointless it doesn't need didn't need to be made I didn't need to know what these characters were doing I didn't need to know what happened when Mark walked up with the bag so does, is this appealing to is this going to appeal to new fans people who weren't around when the first train spotting came out is there I, enough in it for them to, go, to grab hold of it you would or is it need just going to, to watch new? the first one I think to have any kind of <laughs> I don't know though because yeah. it, it does remind you basically everything that happened in the first film within yes. that film because there's yeah. like all these flashbacks and stuff so. there are quite a lot of flashbacks but having the staging of the first film would help quite a lot I think but is it realistic of Britain today as well because like you said the, the first train spotting captured something that was happening I mean, in Britain at that time the new choose low speech tried oh. to have the same amount of impact and it, it is a, it is an updated version of choose life but I don't think it has the same impact now. I found the Choose Life speech in the first film. It's very sarcastic, uh, looking yeah. at Britain, like uh, sarcastic. Like, this was, so just, it was just angry. Bitter. This was just angry. Yeah. Like I hate everything, and uh, it didn't. That didn't work for me. Like because the first one is is a mocking of what's going on with society, yeah. whereas this was kind of like a little bit mocking, but it was more I'm bitter really and frustration. Hate everything. But it that... was basically Phil Ellis, you're, and, I'm, and you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but it fitted you McGregor's place at that point in life. I mean. I'm really trying not to tell you a lot of spoilers, but it is just the entire film is Hugh McGregor coming back to where he was 20 years ago and says, can I still do this? Can I still be that pe same person I was 20 years ago? Have I moved on? Have I grown as a person? Have I developed or am I still that same 20-year-old running around Edinburgh taking heroin and trying to rip everybody off? Johnny Lee Miller's accent as well. Whew, what, what, was accent? Going, what was going on there? What yeah. was going on there? I think too much elementary has made him go for the... Mid-Atlantic accent there. Robert Carlyle was the shining part of the film, I think. He was great, but do you know what? I think they got the look of Begbie wrong, because I didn't... I, I, the other characters, they looked like the older versions of themselves, but with Begbie, he didn't have his trademark long hair. Well, back. He had a moustache instead. Yeah, but I just think they could have had him with the whole long hair still, and he kind of would kind of look like him. He didn't... He sounded like Begbie, but he didn't look like Begbie. But there is also always the possibility that there's going to be another Begbie-centric film, because the latest novel by Irvin mm. Welsh is all about his new life in California as an artist. Yeah, I think um, about that. Mm, yeah. Really, yeah. yeah, I so. think I don't know. It, it it stoked some of the fires of my youth. Put it that way. It wasn't. I wasn't expecting it to be a revolutionary movie, but I enjoyed it for what it was. Just really disappointed. Honestly. I think the thing is though, if you're going to see it, you're going to see it. Like you know, like you say, Ryan. You know, if if you're a fan of the original film, as so many people are, you're going to go see it. You know, you don't really need anyone on the radio to tell you whether no. it's good or not. You, if you, you know, you, you're already, you've already got bought that ticket. It's that. Yeah. I think it's that kind of film where the marketing isn't really necessary because you know the people who are going, the people who are out there. That audience already exists. Mm. Um, and if you haven't seen the original film, then it's kind of probably going, going to go over your heads. I only watched yeah. Train Spotting for the first time ever last year. Shocking. 
and it was like, oh, all of a sudden, all these references that I've seen in other films now make sense. Yeah. Like, you know, the, that episode of The Simpsons where Maggie's crawling on the ceiling and it's like obviously a callback to... Um, to the baby and, oh, and that it. was the thing about yeah. the first film it was that much cultural impact that it yeah. pretty much everything that followed it had some of that train spotting in it it was the jump cuts it was the fast winding up and then reversing and reverbing of the film footage to match like the final plan it was bits like that well it's, it's almost like the launch, that kind of launched the whole brick gangster thing didn't it because they had the style and train spotting and they took those elements and oh, styles so you're saying so you're saying train spotting is the fault of Danny Boyle's career. And I would say it's like all the gangs of the films were yes. influenced by Trainspotting, which in its way does have a mild bit of crime in it. So all these like likeable fellows who are getting involved with crime, you know, who are just complete asses, really. But so you can't Trainspotting is the fault that Danny Dyer exists on our TV screens. Yeah, mm-hmm. Don't be hating on Mick Carter. I think Guy Ritchie just took all of the stylistic quirks of something like Trainspotting and then... Ran away with it. Yeah, and, and but yeah. with none of the kind of storytelling flair that went with it. It was just like his style over substance and that's where that's where Snatch exists. Alright. I think that's enough. I'd say go and watch it. You'd say don't bother I'd until... Say, I'd say wait for it's on TV and don't buy the soundtrack because it is nowhere near as iconic as the first one. Yeah. Right. Talking about big gaps between films, we're going to have a look at a few films that have got massive gaps between their original release and the sequels. Uh, well, Mad Max Fury Road, 29 years, 309 days between release. And that and beyond Thunderdome. Yeah, uh, I'll be honest, uh, got, just harking back to the last segment, never seen the original train spotting, and I'll be honest, I've got no real interest in seeing it. Just It's just never something that's appealed to me. And again, it's the same with Fury Road. I've I've heard about it. I've heard mixed things from different people. Fury um, Road is amazing. Fury yeah. Road is much more towards Mad Max than Mad Max 3. I had never seen any of the original Mad Max films, but what was great was it kind of functioned as a reboot. Because yeah. obviously yeah. there was an entire generation yeah. in between those releases. Um, yeah. I, saw, I saw Fury Road and it was it was just a fun good action film it's, it's a visceral assault it's just one yeah. action scene for the entire film I don't think there's any break it is relentless yeah. arguably you could say every Mad Max film that's come along is a reboot of itself anyway because they all they just take the idea and expand on it each time but just give it a slow reboot each time so I'd say that's just a, a, a series of films that's progressing yeah well there's, there's no real connection apart from the main character between Mad Max and yeah. Mad Max 2 yeah they, they kind of take that way but uh, the Mad Max one's weird because it has had They've tried to kick it off a lot of times over the years. So, you know, yeah. Brendan McCarthy's story was in development Fury hell for so long. Yeah. yeah, I mean, at one point it was going to be, you know, there was going to be a, a early 2000s, there was going to be a new version, it was going to have, it was still going to have Mel Gibson in there. Yeah. So I think Mad Max has just been caught in this kind of like George Miller wasn't quite ready to make it. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's a good, it's a good solid film. And yep. it still connects. There's still, you know, enough connected tissue between the two. But I can't believe it's that long. Tron Legacy, 28 years, 162 days. Love it. Don't say anything bad about yeah. it. Yeah. Um, it was the original one was a groundbreaking in its special effects and it was a design and it took you into that world. Second one was great. Not sure about Jeff Bridges being <laughs> in it. So well, the uncanny, uncanny valley part of yeah. that film really let it down, but. I, I like the idea. You left it open for a sequel, but the, yeah. the Disney XD TV show that came along with it as well was a great. Yeah. So I'd like to see more Tron. Yeah, Tron at Rising was brilliant. So recommend to watch that. Independence Day 2, 19 years, 358 days. So pretty much 20 years on. Yeah, I'm betting they wish they'd left it longer. Yes. <laughs> I think Will Smith would... Uh, I think he made the right choices not returning to that one. Um, yeah. Indiana Jones 4, 
the one no, that we don't, don't mention. Talk, don't talk about it. 18 years, 364 days. Indiana Jones 5 is apparently going to be nearly as long in Just the Just leave it alone. Just leave it be now. Yep. Let it die. Superman Returns, 18 years, 339 days. Was that a sequel from Quest for Peace? Does it, it count? It wasn't good. No. I like it. 2010, 2001 Space Odyssey follow-up, 16 years between that it, one. Has anybody watched that? Yes, yeah, yeah, that existed. It's amazing. It's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant film, and everybody should watch it. In fact, in some ways, it's better than the original 2001. Yeah. It stays strong quite a long about that, strong that time period. Yes. I, th- I think it's a, it's, it's a really, really good film, and it doesn't freak people out as much as the original. No. You just good. made me take a really deep breath there, Pete. So. American Werewolf in Paris, 16 years, 126 days. Yeah, they should have left that as well. I poor Julie Delpy, you yes. know, amazing actress, and she got roped into that. Yeah, wasn't great. Well, the horrifying mess. idea is that, that Max is looking to remake it anyway, yeah. so... Rocky Balboa, 16 years, 34 days between that and Rocky Five. Yeah. Stepping back into the ring. No. It, but it was better than Rocky Five. Yeah, it was so much better than Rocky Five. Equally, yeah. equally, that wasn't hard, though. No. Godfather Part Three, I was quite shocked about this one. 16 years, yeah. two days between that and Part Two. I didn't realise it had been that long. Yeah, they, they did have quite a big break between it. And, I mean, I'm, I'm a massive fan of Godfather. It's. Yeah. Yeah, it's. It's funny you mentioning those time periods because you just yeah. think, was it really that long? Yeah, because it's kind of like somebody's gone from mm-hmm. being a child to. Being old to enough be an to adult, yeah. Adult range, yeah. Zoolander 2 should never be made after 14 years and 137 days. Uh-huh. Should have been made earlier. Yes. I don't think that film deserves a sequel, really. It should have been just left on its own as a shiny As a, a Sunshine movie, it worked perfectly. And last one I've got, Jurassic World, 13 years, 331 days. Now, this is the way to relaunch a franchise. Get the most bankable actor around in Chris Pratt. Mm. I, I have yet to see Jurassic World. It's good. It so, is good. It's better than Jurassic World 3, put it that way. It's just like, oh, for heaven's sake, you know, when are, you gonna, when are, when are these people going to learn that putting dinosaurs in a theme park is never going to end well? Yeah. It's just like, how many bad decisions <laughs> do you have to make in order for these films to keep being made? But let's that's not reflective mention... of the real world. Let's <laughs> that's true. about decisions and never yes. learn from them. Let's yeah. not mention about the Resident Evil franchise and how many yeah. times. Let's leave that alone. Oh, I think I stopped watching after the third. Last one's out now, I think. But yeah, mm. let's just move You on. just promoted that. Shame on you. Hi, this is Garrett Wong. I played Instant Harry Kim on Star Trek Voyager. And you're listening to Brum Radio. Winona Ryder's face. Right, so if you've not heard about this, you've probably been hiding under a rock from entertainment news for a week. At the Screen Actors Guild Screen Awards, Actors, Screen Guild. Actors Guild Awards, yeah. David Harbour made a very passionate speech after Stranger Things won an award, and Winona Ryder spent the entire time looking like she was looking for her bus. Or <laughs> something in a handbag, or just in general. <laughs> Keith, we've found your soulmate. Winona, yes, I'm quite happy about that. I mean, we all love Winona, um, and I think it was just very clear that she didn't really have much of a clue as, as to what was going on, um, and and I, it, it just showed. It was just it was this wonderfully kind of transparent moment of, you know, WTF, yeah. and you followed her on this journey of wait, what's going on? Oh, he's giving a speech. Oh, okay. Oh, and it's about this. Oh, oh no, but it's also about this. And, oh yeah, fight the power, but also oh, you're kind of dragging on. And oh, like, yeah. what do I do with my face? We've we've it's been standing like, here for so long. It's like, and we know we only get thirty seconds to do our speech. You you've gone past that three times over now. Get out yeah. of here. <laughs> I mean, it was a very impassioned speech, and it was yeah, it was mm. a, it was a very very well thought out speech. Yes, just seemed to take Winona by surprise somewhat. Yes. I, I yeah, I, I, I had a feeling he probably didn't tell anyone he was yes. going to do that. Yeah, and I, th- I think probably the rest of the cast were like, well, can we get onto the mic at some point and say yeah. thank you to all the lovely people that like, have helped us with our career? 
I mean, David Harbour is not the main character. I, well, that that's show. what was confusing to me. If it had been Winona delivering that speech, it would have made sense to me yeah. because she was kind of the big or draw for the series. Oh yeah, or one of the, or one or of one any of the any, of, any yeah. of the wonderful child actors. Um, it was yeah. I did feel a little bit sorry for the rest of them because they're all like, yeah, now we're associated with this speech. And also, I mean, it was like, oh, oh, listen up, everyone. A white man is talking. You know, it was sort of like if you if they were to do that, it it could have been delivered in a better way, I think. Um, And I think maybe partly that was why Winona's face was just like, what is happening? (laughs) You know, it made me think of was like school nativity plays. And there's the one kid, you know, who's playing the angel Gabriel, whatever, who's delivering the important line. And there's some kid in the back who's like flapping about, waving to her mum. Like, and you end up watching them. a tree or I'm a sheep. <laughs> just kind of, who's just totally lost interest in the whole proceedings and is just kind of there doing their own thing in the background. It's the kid and you at watch the them instead. Of Back to the Future Part 3. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But I, I feel sorry for Barb's once again. Just, you know, she was there, pushed to the back and, yeah. you know, forgotten about. So, you know, fight for Barb's. You never I mean, know. She if might Barb come had given that talk, I would have been yes. yas queening all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. She might be they, season two villain. They have been. Can you imagine that? They, they weren't. I think they, they've. She's just been she's been photographed with the cast quite a lot, and I don't know whether that's because they've been on obviously on the kind of awards trail or because she is going to be showing up in season two in some capacity. She's the slug that came out of his mouth at the end, and she grows into another Barb's to take over the world. I mean, Maybe. that would be like one of the less weird things that happens on that show, <laughs> to be honest. Have people not washed their hands of this series yet? I'm uh, sick of it. I haven't seen it. I liked it. I'm sick of the sight of those kids. They're everywhere. They're not funny. They're not big. Not what clever. Was it like about this time, it. it was like six months ago when they, they opened up one of, oh, it was the Teen Choice Awards or something, and they did yeah. Uptown Funk. And it's it, like, I, I get that they're, they're having a moment, but... Um, equally gore. Yeah. What happens when you tell these child actors that they're amazing is that they grow up to be awful people. So I would tell them just to rein it in a bit. Yeah. I'm sick but, of it. I don't want to watch series two. Case, case in point, Macaulay Culkin. I imagine as well that these kids don't have a lot of choice. That somebody's cottoned onto the fact we can make some cash out of these kids. We can, we drag them on for anything and we stick them out. It's the same. It's it's capitalism and it's yeah. marketing. It's like you stick Beyonce on the front of something, people will buy it. You stick the kids from Stranger Things on, people will go crazy for it. So I think you know, yeah, why not? They can make a bit of cash. Uh, you know, that's fine. I'm, and I'm looking forward to season two. Some gorm on Twitter this week wrote, Millie Bobby Brown for Doctor Who. And I really want to enter. You just need to be banned from every piece of the internet you've ever visited. You're an idiot. What is she going to be, yeah. Doctor Who? I just know. I'm sick, I'm sick Who. of this show already. Oh, I'm, I've washed my hands of it. I mean, I was watching Millie Bobby Brown, as you mentioned, <laughs> on Ellen a few weeks ago. I think it was one that Vivid recorded. But it was basically her parents moved to Miami I think it was to set up a teeth whitening clinic and it all went wrong and it was basically like they looked at the door and said right you're going to be a famous actress now <laughs> and they were like oh move to LA overnight and then pinned their entire hopes on her yeah not, I, mean, not pressure. I feel like this is probably the story Ooh. behind every child actor yeah because yeah. I mean I when I was when I was little I was in school plays I really enjoyed it and I was never the one that said I want to be on TV yeah. I can't imagine it's the child who says I want to go and do these long like twelve hour shoots in the middle yeah. of the night you know? and have no kind of education have whatsoever. no social yeah. life have no friends other than other child actors and it's sort of yeah it's it's kind of that's a decision that's made as a family that's not a child's yeah. choice is it and then it's then we look at these actors and actresses to give us political speeches it's like well if you've been acting since you were a child and they're just not, not <laughs> yeah, I mean I don't like to say oh they, you know they live in a bubble but there is that kind of thing well well you don't have a normal life. Yeah, you there know. is that. You're that. allowed an opinion. Everyone's allowed an opinion. I mean, we, you know, we have a celebrity as the president of the United States, for God's sake. Yeah. So celebrities are allowed opinions, but it's just sort of like maybe 
listen to people who aren't celebrities as well. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, my favourite example of that is when Gwyneth Paltrow released a cookbook about oh. four or five years ago. On one of the recipes, they worked out the ingredients cost over £150 for one dish. Yeah, and she was like, "Well, yeah, this is really right. super food and super healthy, and everybody can cook this." Blake Lively did a very similar thing. Yeah, I think two, about two years ago, she released her sort of own range of like artisanal, yes, curated jams and stuff that were just like a, a small fortune. Yeah, and it's like you do not know what other human beings live like. Yes. <laughs> but basically, every cookbook is like that. People yeah. just buy a cookbook. <laughs> oh, it's Jamie Oliver. I'm going to buy that. I've got Jamie Oliver's. You need to use this saffron that's only been found in this mountain. Uh, I've got blooms once every ten years. Most of the people in my family are vegetarians, and it's like I've got cookbooks where nearly every dish in it involves some kind of meat thing. It's like you just buy them to kind of be like, oh yeah, I'm cool. I've got this wonderful cookbook. It's It's the coffee table of the kitchen. Mm. To be honest, we're all microwaving mash. It's like you know, there's no food to buy in the shops anyway because it's all gone. (laughs) Out of the window because lettuce pro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell me, Grandad, what was lettuce like? <laughs> well, it used to be green and it anyway, grew on trees. Segwaying onto the world of food, I found something from all of our childhoods. Does everybody remember candy cigarettes from like the eighties? Yes, and early nineties. And early, yeah. early nineties. Well, they've now been rebranded to candy sticks. Which everybody so still it's not knows. To make cigarettes cool. Yes. Yeah. Well, because they, yeah, they couldn't call them candy vapors, could they? No. <laughs> but I found candy, candy douche flutes. Yes. Well. <laughs> I found a Hot Wheels package and a DC package. But my favourite bit about this is it comes with a tattoo inside as well. So not like we're giving the kids a life of go and smoke and have tattoos Just and go drink. and get tattoos. Yeah. Anybody want to try one? Yes, please. Yes. Can I have one of the yes. DC What's ones? What's the tattoo? So we are from the DC ones. What's the um, labelling? Has it got a lot of sugar? Is there lots of salt in it? I've got uh, to look after my per pack. serving, which I'm assuming is one stick. No, per package. Yeah. Serving is 1.5 gram candy stick, okay. of which 1.4 gram is carbs and 1 gram is sugar. So it's just pure Standard. concentrated sugar and ash. That sounds um, like a, a pretty uh, regular breakfast for me. Yep. No thanks, they taste like toilet paper. <laughs> I'll eat one. The fact that guy eats toilet paper. That, that's mean, another yeah. story. That's why he didn't give go. any to that guy he was trapped in the <laughs> toilets with because ah. he didn't I was in the toilets this week at work and um, there was a man oh. in the cubicle next to me and he was like yeah, frantically was pulling toilet paper off yeah, the, the roll, like literally frantically. Do they always taste it? Like toilet now, my first thought is, is these look... Unlike the candy cigarettes that I used to have when I was a kid that looked like players number five. They actually look like proper cigarettes. These look like somebody's hand-rolled them. (laughs) Yeah, I was just thinking Uh, that. They're not Vogue's. They look like a blunt. There's no red tip (laughs) and there's no filter. So, yeah. Do you want to know what the tattoo is? Yeah. The tattoo is Superman. Not even the Superman logo, just the word Superman in a kind of bendy font. Oh, rubbish. Key's going for that straight away. Microsoft, Microsoft Word Art's finest. Yeah, that's not even a licensed Superman font, that. No. Do you want to see what the Hot Wheels one is? It's not even a car. No, it says Drive to Win. What? Surely that sounds more like an ITV game show on a Saturday yeah, night. That, yeah, that sounds like Post an index yeah. What's the terrible one I've started watching on a Saturday morning? The Barrier or something. Something bounces. Oh. Some terrible thing. Usually has an old granny, like, absolutely nailing everybody else with the ball in it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like is this bar, a fever it's a, dream? It's a bar. No, it's a bar. They're on this grid, and a bar of lights go forwards, and then they have to answer, and the bar of lights come back, and then they get the money oh, for doing yeah. it. I don't really understand it. I just watch it because Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles isn't on a Saturday morning on ITV anymore. Yeah, <clears throat> it sounds very odd. Yeah, it's yeah, ITV. Stephen Mulhern. There was a picture of him in a tiny car this week. Guy, your thoughts? 
Tosser. <laughs> <laughs> Does Stephen Mulhern think I'm England's Jimmy Fallon or one of those other kind of late night TV hosts? He's like I a budget Anton Deck. I think it is more Britain's Rob Schneider. That he yeah. just hangs around yeah. with the rest of the famous people and like they just can't get rid of him. Yeah. Even no matter right, how we'll hard put you on try. more talent, we'll put you on ITV4. No, you still exist. Go away. Mm-hmm. I still reckon there were more people at the Britain's Got Talent thing at the Hippodrome today than there'll be at Black Sabbath. I don't know, my that, brother-in-law went last that is a crime. Thursday night and it was amazing apparently. Ozzy yeah. still got it. There were loads of people. It was like before, there was big ginormous cars outside the Hippodrome. It was strange. Why do people like that show? Simon Cowell's hair is oddly fascinating in a very odd freak show kind of way that people just have to stare at it. So I've just got a candy cigarette on the <laughs> pop shield. Phil, nice. what's your thoughts on Britain's Got Talent? Oh, okay. I, 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 I'm, I, I hate it. I, I don't like the whole... It's Saturday Night TV for basic bitches who don't have lives and don't go out. It's like X Factor and Britain's Got Talent because there's really no difference. It's the same brand. It's punishment for not having plans on the weekend. That is how I see it. <laughs> It like goes you, you, back you, to 70s TV in my yeah. eyes. It's kind of like that talent show. It's, off. Exactly, and it's like yeah. not moving on. Right. It's not. Mo- it's it's just it's the it's the lowest common denominator. Like you know, anyone who's genuinely interesting, talented, you know, ambitious, they're not going to be going on that because they're going to be busy actually, you know, having a career. Yeah, it's 20 years down the line now. We've had Pop Idol, we've had Pop Stars, Arrivals, we've had X Factor, we've had Britain's Got Talent, we've yeah. had The Voice. Had stage school. I can't even name the amount of reality. I remember the very, very first series of Britain's Got Talent. It was genuinely um, more interesting. And it was more interesting because they, I don't know if anyone remembers, but they ran it over just um, every evening over one week. And then they were like, oh, we can actually really milk this. And now it's runs, now it's like the X Factor, it runs for like two or three months, you know. And the one Um, thing that always got me about it now is International's Got Talent because nine times out of ten, the Acts in the final, there'll be two British acts, and the rest will be from Europe or America, yeah. mm-hmm. where they've come over just to yeah, the show. Was it last year? No, or maybe two or three years ago. There was an American or Canadian magician. Yeah, and there's been yeah. Romanian uh, ac- acrobats and just. And I mean, let's not get xenophobic. We're a multicultural yeah. society. Yeah, of course, come up, come over, and and do that. But it's just, I mean, as a format, I'm just bored of it. Yeah, it's. I'll, I'll be honest. I've never had much time for TV talent shows. Like. I will admit, I did quite enjoy the voice because that was more about the actual people singing. But what's again, that was yeah. a gimmick. It's, it's, it's morphed into yeah. X Factor. As soon as you yes. turn around, that's it. That's game over. Yeah, exactly. What they yeah. could have done with it is hit the button, they don't turn around, and the next round they have to coach them via phone only. Yeah. They don't get to see the acts yeah. all the way it, through it, it until became, the final. But the judges seem yeah. to have not understood the point of this. There were so many of them in the last couple of seasons where they would have people with incredible voices, and they mm. would kind of go, well, it's not a voice we know anything to do with. There was a young guy who looked like he was going to be some kind of watch the dude from N-Dobbs, him oh, wannabe, Daffy, Daffy. and then had this incredible oh, kind of big show tune Western voice. Yes. And none of them picked him. And then they all turned around and went, oh, well, if I'd seen you, and kind of go, that it's, is literally the point of this show. It's, um, they're still fixated <laughs> on, like, this, we want someone as a brand who can be a celebrity who's got yeah. the look. And it's, yeah, like, it's, it's called the voice, you morons. I love how yeah. judge number four is now apparently the guy that they find who's just left abandoned somewhere. And I haven't <laughs> seen it for so many yeah. years. Well, I think You've that, got Tom Jones, it, you've still got Will I Am. Is Kylie got, still on um, it? Kylie's gone. It's um, R- Ricky from Kings of Is it? He's gone. Ricky is he? Wilson. Gone. Ricky. Yeah, Ricky Wilson's finished. Oh, well. Stan Ross, Dalton Bush. What? what? Some Bush. <laughs> nobody in nobody the UK in, knows who the hell Bush is. That is astounding. Yeah, nobody in in England would know who. I mean, no. 
But, but also, Bush would Bush were is a president. Twenty years ago, it's like that guy that they have on the American one, the country fella. I don't know who he is. Oh, Blake, Blake, Blake Shelton. Blake Shelton. Yeah. He's yeah. Like, if, if you're a country fan, you're going to know yeah. him. Yeah, Blake Shelton's a great the deep sound. Really good, really good singer, I'll be honest. But. See, I want to yeah. know, where are the washboard players and the people who play spoons? There's just no... <laughs> C-16! That's what I want to see, judging the voice. Yeah. C-16. No yes. singers on Britain's Got Talent. That should be the rule. Exactly. Yeah. If you can be on the voice... There's so many other shows where they can do that. Yeah, I'll be honest, what annoys me more than anything with those sort of shows is everybody's got a sob story yes mm. and I'm no here animal trainers my nan's cat that died P- two yes. months ago i thought peter yeah. hayes you're in britain's got the got the pop factor yeah i thought that would be the end of it because it's, it's like it it's skewered it so yeah. much yeah. and it had cat dealy saying shut the f- up <laughs> <laughs> and it was just and, and he nailed the you know the, the, the was it the band two up two down yes where two of them were in wheelchairs and, and, and the nan. whole and i'm doing it for me nan and it was just like they he nailed it so much and then you had christopher maloney a few years later actually saying he was doing it for his nan and it was just yeah. like you're so unaware of yeah. how cliched you are you yeah. Are, yeah you are a sketch character yes mm-hmm. i think we've Gone segwayed off topic. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Little bit. Does anybody want another candy cigarette? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, what, yeah. They, they're not oh, a real they're not, they're not candy cigarettes. They're candy roll-ups, and that's yes. why we went off on. Yes. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's three weeks now we've been doing this. Can you never remember your own name blog? We'll come back to it. When you read Guy's blog, you've got to read it in that way. (laughs) Hi, my name's Guy. I'm writing this blog. It's about stuff like this. So here I am talking to you. It's uh, guydiscoversmusic.wordpress.com. There we go. George, where can we find you online? Caramel Arte Kiss, uh, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. Or you can find me and Dave as a joint brand at sh underscore cosplay or safe harbour cosplay on Facebook. Mr. Ellis? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at Philip underscore Ellis. That's Very Philip, <laughs> Philip with one L, Ellis with two, or just look for the little blue tick. And uh, if you are a fan of storytelling, then I also host a, a fiction podcast, and you can find out more on Twitter at Brum Radio Tales. Slide into his DMs. <laughs> <laughs> Keith? You can find me under various iterations of Hard Luck Hotel, sometimes with an underscore between the two words, sometimes without. The photographs, videos, bits of sketches, you know, just random stuff. Occasionally a film review, but the last one I did was about four years ago. I think it was Godzilla, so I need to write another one. Yeah. But my writing's okay, it's all yeah. right, you know, check it out. <laughs> give, give some if feedback. You, if, you, if you're buying it on DVD and you want to have a quick look, why? Yeah, yeah. There's, I've got a rather excellent review of Scott Pilgrim versus the world, which is my personal account of, you know, why I consider Scott Pilgrim to be one of the greatest comic characters of all time. And I did one about the Muppets. So, yeah, I'm just filling it out. Just, you know, if, you, if anybody wants me to kind of regale them with tales of, like, my childhood and whatever then yeah yeah Dave um, yeah Twitter uh, at dwit3187 was there no Whitney available <laughs> no I don't think it was it was one, I, I just kind of went for it cause at the time it was one of my nicknames ah makes sense well, without the 3187 of course yes. um, Instagram is an armor if you're into all your Gundam kits and what have you that seems to be mainly what my feed is at the moment um, Facebook I'm on as uh, Ace is an armor the American spelling, not the UK, because international. Because he's awkward. <laughs> yes. Um, I think that's about it. Yeah. I've probably got so. more, but I can't remember. Because Dave mentioned that, I wonder if kids have nicknames that are like Twitter handles that they go, yeah, I'm um, KZ1147 underscore A. 
I hope so. That's my nickname. It's cool. I feel like this it is going to be the new the new version of those really crap MSN email addresses that everybody had. Yeah, when we were in school. I think yeah. it's more it's like the Call of Duty game handle. handle. Yeah, it's like the Call of Duty game handle at, uh, yeah. at bracket xxx420 lols kills. Yeah. Look, here comes asterisk question mark exclamation exclamation Bob2742 exclamation mark underscore hashtag. Imagine if that's how we had to name children nowadays. It's like, no, everybody can only have one name <laughs> once. You must use one number, one, <laughs> one character. Yeah, draw character, and you've got to use letter. some punctuation. Because yes. no Sandra characters. underscore 172 exclamation mark hashtag. Yeah. Wasn't that pretty much the theme for Logan's Run? It was like yeah. Logan 47. Yeah. Need to watch that film again. Well, that's because everybody was called by the. They had like four names to choose yeah. from, which is like having a Yahoo account, innit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ya- Yahoo, MSN, Hotmail. So were um, Death Cup for Cutie lyrics not available? <laughs> <laughs> right. You can find me online, of course, at Geeky Brummy, and the rest of the team usually jump in as well. Uh, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Probably not on MySpace yet. We should really get around to we that. We should get MySpace. That's yeah. cool. Retro. Is that still a thing? <laughs> it came back and then it went away again. Justin Timberlake like bought like, it, didn't he? He bought it or invested in it or did something and then tried to make it a music platform. Is that, is that I haven't heard anything yeah. about it in about four yeah, years. So. You know what we should Tim- bring back? Bebo. That was where it was at. Timberlake, is that the real name of Justin Trousersnake? <laughs> we'll set up a BBS message board as well. For and we'll have, uh, if you if you uh, can if, get onto television, we'll yes. have a Telesex page at some point. And Zuka. Yes. Live journal. Yes, we'll have a chat room on ICQ as well at some point. Yeah. And we'll have a uh, hand printed newsletter available. <laughs> a zine. A zine, yes. Yeah. Yeah. A fanzine. <laughs> and you can also find me online after that massive segue at Ryan Farage and at Ruby Gormand if you want boring bitch of food which Guy thinks is a proper fetish yep <laughs> thanks very much for listening please don't forget to like subscribe comment like review give us five stars yes. anything you'd like to do even if it's some constructive feedback but yeah thanks very much for listening bye everybody bye bye, bye. see ya thanks for listening to this Brum Radio podcast if you've enjoyed it please consider joining our listener supporters. You can do this by clicking the support tab on our website or go direct to Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash Brum Radio. Brum Radio shows are streamed online at the Brum Radio Mixcloud page and you can find more podcasts at brumradio.com.